Hey there, this is Rich One Paul Rockwell. Yo, this is Don Riggin. This is the Warren Pigney. This is Jason Pitts. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Adam, Adam Talks, Talks Podcast. Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. And you're listening to it with Adam Shirley and the Adam Talks Podcast. Welcome back to another great episode of the Adam Talks Podcast. I'm Adam, right here as always with you on this journey that we are taking together. And today, we are talking to an awesome, dangerous, badass guest on the show. We have bare-knuckle boxer Jessica Link on the show, and we talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, how she got to bare-knuckle boxing how she got into combat sports in general, and all kinds of places in between. Guys, I don't want to hold you up in this conversation, because it was really fun. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Jessica Link. Right now we have an awesome guest on, and uh, dare I say, a badass. Fought in rings and cages all over, Boxing, uh, MMA, and bare knuckle boxing, the very dangerous Jessica Link. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. I watched some of your stuff and I, I'm just blown away about the bare knuckle boxing thing in general. <laughs> I mean, it's like professional in ring, all this stuff, but you don't have any protection. You got a hand wrap on it. That's about it. That's, yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, so how how different how different is it from like uh, I know it's way different than MMA because you can't do takedowns, no wrestling, knees or anything like that. But how right. different is it from regular boxing? So the optics, um, I think, are the most aggressive part about it because mm -hmm. visually it looks very uh, brutal, it, and there's it can be very bloody, and so it does look very bad <laughs> to a lot of people like um but um from a scientific standpoint it, it's actually much less damaging to the body because oh wow when you, when you have a glove on it spreads the impact all over the head the rate of concussions in boxing and mma is through the roof you run into some old school boxers you know from the 90s and a lot of them um they talk a little slower. They don't have good balance. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of CTE issues. Yeah. But with bare knuckle, when you get hit with a bare fist, one, you can't hit as hard. You know, you throw a boxing glove on, you're going to hit someone as hard as you can. You can't do that yeah. without a glove on because you're just going to break your hand. Um, yeah. So, one, you can't hit as hard. Uh, and two, it's, it's concentrated contact. You're doing damage to the surface. You're not doing damage to anything underneath. Um, I've had fights with a glove where I get done and I'm dizzy. My head's rattled. You know, I've had concussion damage in the past. I don't have that with bare knuckle. I get done and sure, you know, my face might hurt. Um, I, of all the bouts I've done, I've been cut once. I've had one cut, um, but, you know, so I might be a little bloody or I might um, have some bruising, swelling. That's okay. I will take that any day of the week over multiple days of having a headache, being dizzy, not having good balance. It's 
the optics are brutal, but it really is a lot easier on the body overall. Okay. So it's much safer than, it, it really than the is. other. And that's been oh. the problem getting it opened in a new state. And it slowly is opening in a lot more states. But athletic commissions have seen this and gone, absolutely not. It's too brutal. It's too dangerous. But that's where, you know, a lot of these promotions have meetings with these states, with their, uh, you know, their directors and commissioners showing them data like, hey, you know, this is this is our data from since we've started, you know, as far as the rate of concussions, types of injuries. And um, I think they were saying on the last show I was present, they were saying like 75% of the fights, someone's going to have stitches, like 75% of the fighters will leave with stitches. But stitches are fine. That heals. You might have a scar. It's not permanent damage. It's not long lasting damage. And so that's been a, kind of the slow progression of getting states to legalize the sport is, you know, sharing all that information and showing them, hey, yeah, it looks really bad, but realistically, it's a lot safer than all of these other sports. Oh, wow. And I guess that is it, you know, the optics of it. It looks like brutal. It looks like Coliseum fights, essentially, like <laughs> gladiator things without the weapons, you know. Uh, and it's, it's crazy looking. That's what I saw. And I was like, holy crap, how do people get in there and just fight with like stand and bang with like no, no protection for your hands or anything, but it makes more sense because like you said, it spreads it out whenever you have those gloves on, right. whether it's MMA gloves or boxing gloves, especially boxing gloves, I'd, I'd assume right. because they're heavier. Yeah, they're heavier. And it's, you know, you get hit, let's say like on the ear, you're feeling it on the other side of your head. Whereas Holy cow. you get hit with just a bare fist, you, you feel it where it contacted. And that's, I mean, that's about it. Sure. There, there's room for other things to happen. Of course, there are going to be one-offs and, and things that are more serious, but it's not mm -hmm. the standard. Okay. Uh, is there like, uh, I know in MMA and in boxing, there's amateur level. Uh, is it the same for bare knuckle as well? Is there an amateur level and a professional level? No, there, there is only professional level bare knuckle. Um, there's been some people try to try and implement um, an amateur level sport that follows the same rule set. But the difference mm -hmm. is they are wearing, um, I call them the bubble gloves, the seven ounce MMA sparring glove. So you, uh -huh. have, you have the open hand so you can do the clinch work, but it is a glove. You still have, have the glove aspect. So that's mm -hmm. been used to give people... Um, kind of a chance to try the rule set out without actually yeah. taking gloves off. Um, so I think that's kind of the closest thing to amateur level there's been, but if the gloves are off, it is a professional level fight. Oh, wow. It's weird because, you know, normally, you know, you say the gloves come off and that's when it is amateur, but for this, it would be the opposite. You know, <laughs> when the gloves come off, you're in the pro leagues, man. Right. And, and like you said, it looks like people are just in there, swinging it's just a slugfest and it, it, it's really interesting because it's it's got to be a lot more technical than some other disciplines because the uh the chance of hurting yourself goes up exponentially if, if you hit someone on their elbow if you hit someone directly like at their chin just on their forehead top of the head if you punch someone wrong you're going to hurt yourself and it's, it's not fun. Um, I've not broken my hands yet. I, I've not had that experience with the sport. Um, I've been cut one time. That was 
I mean, it, that you don't even really notice it until you realize like there's blood everywhere. You, you know, the adrenaline's going, you don't notice it. But I've been able to see when people break their hands, they know it. It doesn't matter how much adrenaline they've got. Their hands are broken. And most of the time, the fight doesn't finish. Yeah. That, is, it, is it like referee stoppage at that point whenever your hand breaks or something? No. Uh, I mean, uh, there's only been one time I've seen a referee stoppage on a broken hand, and I, I cannot remember who the fighter was, but um, his it was like his ring or pinky finger was literally pointing the wrong direction. It, like, snapped and was pointing the wrong way. He, oh was, my God. he was trying to continue fighting. The ref did stop that. But outside of that, usually it's it's a TKO. Like, the fighter is pulled himself or... The doc sometimes it's a doctor stoppage. Um, if the doctor thinks it's a problem, but no, for the most part, fights aren't stopped because of a broken hand unless it is obviously a problem. Yeah, that's nuts. The pinky is the wrong way. Yeah, it, it was either, no, it was no or, the, or the ring finger. I'm not sure which, but it was at first when I was watching the event, I, I was watching it at home and I was like, why the heck did that get stopped? That doesn't make any sense. Why'd they stop that fight? But then they showed the like the slow motion replay and his, his finger was just in the wrong spot. I was like, oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-uh. Have you always been interested in like combat sports like boxing or MMA or anything like that? Or was it something that just came along a little bit later in life that you found interesting? So I, um, I didn't even know it existed until like my 20s. Uh, I was, I, I grew up in a really small town and about, about an hour from where I live now. And I moved here and I got a job. Like, see, I was 22. I got a job waiting tables and bartending at Buffalo Wild Wings. And they used to be all about the UFC events. And that's how I first started seeing it. And at the time, um, let's see, I'm trying to think who, who all was big there. Ronda Rousey was huge at the time. Holly Holm was huge. Um, so, you know, so I'm seeing all these fighters and that was my first introduction to it. I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. And so I, I would get really excited for fight nights because even though I was working, it was still really neat to be able to just hang out, watch the fights when I was able to, yeah. but I didn't go to the gym until I was 26. I mean, I was, I spent my twenties, you know, I worked in the service industry. We're going out drinking every night. I was, you know, overweight partying, just alcohol every day. Um, that was my twenties, uh, 26. I, I walked into the gym for the first time and I've been here ever since. Well, that gum, um, it, it's, uh, it's crazy that people get into things a little bit later in life like that. You know, I'm, I'm a pro wrestler uh, and I've been into wrestling, like watching it since I was like seven years old, WCW and WWF on oh. Monday nights and stuff when I was a kid. And I just got to uh, live my dream by becoming a professional wrestler, getting trained and everything. And two years ago in October on the 22nd, I had my first pro wrestling match. Okay. And it's just, it's just crazy how, you're, how it takes a while to get to that point where you're at, where uh, you're able to live a dream or find right. something you love and, and go after it. But then the right. opposite side, you don't you don't know anything about it. You don't even know it's there. And then later in life, you find it and you're like, I'm gonna do that. Was it just well, like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find? Go ahead. Well, no, I had no intention of like I just I thought it was good exercise. I liked it. I enjoyed the challenge, uh, you know, doing something hard. I always tell people do hard things. And this was hard for me. And so I, I kept coming. And 
we we have changed the culture in the gym here a lot like for for us personally in our gym um now you know we make a point you know everyone is welcome families are welcome kids new people older people it doesn't matter everyone is welcome we can cater what we're doing to you um you know whether you whether you want to compete whether you know it's we're for everybody when i started Technically, yes, everyone was welcome to come in that, you know, they weren't discriminating against anyone. However, once you got in the room, it was, you know, you're going to get your ass beat every day and you're either going to keep coming back or you're not. Um, I got told to my face, I don't care what your name is till you've been here six months. Um, it, it was a different environment. It was a fight gym. And yeah. While, you know, I, I toughed it out, I came back every day and eventually they were like, okay, I guess she's sticking around. And, you know, we built that relationship, but we, we've changed the culture a lot. It's not like that anymore. Um, and while there is a place for that, for, you know, you get in these professional high level gyms that all they're doing is producing UFC fighters. Okay. That's great. You know, we, we have a little different vibe here. We're a family gym. So we've changed that a little bit. But when I started, it was challenging just to get into the room because, you know, I've got these guys that are super successful, you know, pretty big name fighters. And I got to, okay, I got to go in there. I can do it. So just showing up was hard and I'm very stubborn. So I kept showing up. And um, th the reason I actually went pro uh, honestly was my age. That was the only reason my coach at the time, um, my first pro fight was in 2021. So just, you know, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it, my age was the only reason we went pro. Cause I personally, I was like, man, I don't, I don't necessarily feel ready. Like I felt ready enough, but I would have liked to have had, you know, more amateur fights, more practice rounds, if you will, before, uh, doing that. But I mean, right yeah. now I'm 30, I'm 35 right now. So, um, MMA is not a forgiving sport on the body. Um, I feel it every day. It's, you know, it, it's hard. I didn't realize how hard it was uh, until I probably about uh, 32, 33, I started realizing, okay, I'm having to work harder for the exact same result. You know, I'm having to stretch a little longer. I'm having to warm up a little longer for the exact same results. Um, so at the time my coach was like, hey, if you're going to do it, let's do it. He goes, if you wait too long, it's going to be really hard to find you fights because you're going to have what one or two fights, or you're going to be a debut and you're going to be what 37 years old. No one's going to give you a fight. So I was like, all right, yeah. let's do it. And then my manager called me up. Um, he was like, Hey, I have a question for you. We were looking for a kickboxing fight. I came out of a kickboxing gym. We're still a kickboxing gym. And he's like, would you want to try bare knuckle boxing? And I was like, whatever let's do it i just yeah let's try it uh, yeah let's let's try it and i did and i loved it i absolutely loved it right on so you were into mma first or were you into kickboxing first so i started in a kickboxing gym um i let's see as an amateur i went two and one as a kickboxer and then um let's see two and three as an mma fighter so uh, like overall i think yeah, I, I went four and four overall as an amateur. So, you know, nothing too too great, nothing too bad. I, you know, I was doing all right. And I would have really loved to have gotten more of that experience. But, you know, we, we got the opportunity and took it. 
Um, I'm in a spot now, which is, I'm having a good time. I like what I'm doing. I, you know, I love what I'm doing. Um, but my record does not reflect um, the skill level right now. And on some degree, that's great because I'm going to get offered fight, you know, from people thinking, oh, let's let's go find us a, you know, a really upside down fighter. Um, someone told me a while back that I'm one of the best upside down fighters they've ever met. And I don't know if that's necessarily the compliment I want, but, you know, I've I've taken some very high level fights um, against very high level people when I, yeah. I know I didn't have the experience to be doing that. Um you know, I've fought a 29 and one ISKA kickboxing champion, uh, you know, undefeated boxers. Like I, I fought Frank Mears daughter. Like I fought these was... big name people. And I don't want to say I took some of these fights knowing, Oh, I'm going to go lose this fight. Cause that's never my attitude going in. Um, yeah. I like to do hard things. And so my manager now, his job is to reel me in because I'll get offered something. And if I see a window of, Hey, that's doable. Whether, you know, regardless of how difficult it might be, I'm like, let's do it. And so his job is like, no, he's like, no, we've done that enough. We need to make better choices now. <laughs> Man, I was going to ask you about that. I've seen that, that, uh, the fight with Frank Mir's daughter. I seen that, uh, that was, that was I something that, else. I refused that fight multiple times, like multiple times. It was out of my weight class, which, that was another problem I had. I would get offered fights that were a little bit bigger and I'm like, eh, okay, let's do it. You know, it was out of my weight class. I had to go up and wait for that fight. I, I refused it multiple times. I said, no, absolutely not. Like I'm going to go in and get submitted immediately. No. And then I was talking to um, a couple of my coaches and they're like, look, are you interested in doing professional MMA? Is, is that your thing? And I was like, no, I don't like doing MMA. Like I'll, I'll do it. Like I, you know, every now and then I'll get a wild hair and be like, yeah, okay, let's, let's try it. But it, it's not something I'm passionate about. Um, frankly, MMA hurts my body. Just training for it is just a lot. And I, I would rather not do it. <laughs> but yeah. I, I got offered that fight multiple times and I, I kept telling them no. And eventually they came back with a number that made me go, well, okay, maybe. And my coach was like, look, <laughs> They're like, look, you're not interested in doing MMA. You don't care. I, I mean, I care what my record is, but also, you know, I'm not trying to do anything with it. They're like, you don't necessarily care. You're not trying to be some top dog in MMA. They're like, go get paid. They're like, you're going to go get submitted by this girl if you don't hurt her with your punches. It's fine. Just go do it and go try it. And I was like, well, okay. So I, I tried it and... I touched her a couple times. She immediately hated it. Down to the ground we went, and the fight was over in two and a half minutes. And I got a paycheck. <laughs> was it? Was it? It was via armbar, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it was a belly down armbar. Like I was actually, um, I was really proud of myself because I, I don't do a ton of grappling. Like I do it very recreationally. I don't take it. I mean, I take it seriously, but it's not something I'm like. I gotta get better. Gotta get better. You know, I'm not like it like I am with my boxing. Uh, I just yeah. do it because it's fun. I like my team. I like the environment. It's just a fun thing for me. Um, yeah. But I was actually really proud of myself because I was on the ground with her for over two minutes. You know, a avoiding the submissions and stuff. And while some people are gonna hear that or look at that fight and go, "Wow, you did really terrible," 
for me personally, I'm like, hey, I was on the ground for over two minutes with this girl before she was able to get that sub. So I feel okay about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's if it's not your forte and you're going out there and just trying to trying to get it done, I mean, you were defending, as you said, on the ground. You're defending her submission for two minutes. That's not anything. That's uh, that's like, something to call. Yeah. You know. Well, and unfortunately, great. I, in my head beforehand, and even my coach said, "They're like, what? The worst that's going to happen. You're going to get submitted. Oh well, tap out. You're done." Well, so I was tapping. The it was belly down and facing the cage. So the ref didn't actually see or hear me tapping. And of course, Bella did her job. She's not going to let go unless the ref tells her to. Um, so, I mean, it's not her fault at all. Ref didn't see it. Um, I, my elbow was violently hyperextended. Um, so I, I actually did get hurt. <laughs> but um, yeah. it eventually healed up. I mean, it, it took a trip to the hospital. Um, they said it was as far hyperextended as it could have been without breaking. Um, so it, it was bad. Cow. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, as soon as it got locked up, I'm like, oh, time to tap. And then I realized it, it, nothing was happening. So I'm tapping louder and yelling and it eventually got stopped. (laughs) I imagine it'd be hard for a referee to hear anything with the crowd being as loud as they are, you know, Uh, I know, I know with, with me do it. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, oddly enough, I'm assuming for the referees, it's probably pretty similar to the fighters. You don't hear any of that noise. You don't. You you don't hear any of it. It's you hear what you're supposed to hear. You'll you'll hear your coach. You hear the ref. I. You don't hear the yelling. You. It's just not something you really hear. So I I would imagine a the referee is fairly similar, but also when it's belly down facing away, it's going to be hard for anybody. Yeah. Um. You got it. So you got just somebody's like, you want to try bare knuckle boxing, and you were like. Yeah, that's yep. how you got introduced to Kurt. Yep. So, so, um, well, he started as just a promoter that I know. He, you know, he uh, worked for the Athletic Commission here in Kansas. He he runs shows. He's got his own promotions. I've fought on his promotions before. Um, his his name is Sam. He's a fantastic guy. He calls me up and he's like, "Hey, so, um, this bare knuckle promotion called me. They are looking for a female." He's like, "Do you want to try it?" And I was like, um, yeah, let's try it. And uh, he's now my manager, and we've been continuing to try it. <laughs> right on, right on. I've seen so many well, – I've seen something that was very odd to me. There was a triangle ring, a trigon, or tri- – I think that's what they called it. I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, That's completely um, different because normally you see a square, you see an octagon, you see a circle, a hexagon at times, but – I've never seen a triangle ring. That is, that's uh, so that's the promotion I'm signed to. That's BYB Extreme. Uh, they have the smallest fighting surface in combat sports. Uh, each corner is 60 degrees. If you get stuck in that corner, you're not coming out. Um, the ropes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, are 22 feet long. Um, but when you start taking into account the angles, you have a very, very small surface area uh, in which to fight. It forces you. It forces both fighters to to actually fight you because have to, of the small surface area. Yeah, you can't run. There's there's no running. Yeah. What what has been the uh, what has been the what was the difficult thing uh, whenever you first got into bare knuckle? Like, what was the most difficult part of getting into it? Um, I had never boxed before, and while it is not boxing, 
uh, initially having to take away the other tools that I'm used to using, such as kicks. You know, I'm very long and I got very mm -hmm. comfortable being able to use my legs to keep me at range. And so that was taken away, you know, so there's no kick, there's no knees, there, there's none of these other tools. So initially it felt like um, I was working with half of a toolbox. Uh, now I'm very comfortable with the concept. I'm, I'm very comfortable with the boxing. Um, it's not, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It feels like I have all my tools. Um, it's just a different toolbox, if you will. Right. Okay. Uh, I've seen, I've seen you get in there and I know uh, from what I understand, it's five, two minute rounds and there you can, uh, it's a what clinch where you can do the dirty boxing stuff, but the referee will kind of separate after a little while with no actions happening and, and whatnot. Exactly. It sounds similar to what a boxing match would be. Uh, is, is it similar in the rules or anything else, or is it completely yeah. separate? So it, it's pretty similar uh, to boxing. It's, it's only boxing strikes. Um, the biggest difference is the dirty boxing with, with regular boxing, you can kind of post for a moment, like you post on the head, but you immediately kind of have to let go. With the bare knuckle rule set, you can use um, a lot of the tie clinch techniques as long as it is active. So I can pull a half plum as long mm -hmm. as I am actively punching the whole time. Um, oh, wow. So it, the, it doesn't get broken up unless it's inactive. And it doesn't have to be both. If one person gets a half pie clinch and is going to town and the other one's just eating them, Either it's going to be allowed to continue or the fight stopped. Um, so as long as there's one person being active within the clinch, uh, as long as the referee is doing their job, um, it's not broken. Okay. Uh, was there anything you had to had to work on as far as getting in there? Because you were a kickboxer. You said the, the legs helped uh, keep your distance, helped to maintain distance from your opponents. Uh, in the in the boxing area, was there any like form issues you had to work on or any? Uh, any oh. like striking technique or anything like that, that you had to perfect going into this different environment. Yes. All of it. Um, I completely switched uh, gyms, switched coaches, absolutely everything. Um, if you look back at my very first bare knuckle fight against uh, Charissa Sigala, uh, uh, compared to my most recent one against um, Agnesa uh, Kirikosian, I almost messed that one up. Uh, if you look at those two, just a couple years between the two, it is a drastic, completely different, just totally different fighter. And that came from it just I left my gym. Um, I realized that at the at this level, on this stage of fighting, you know, I couldn't let the loyalty to my gym prevent me from getting the best training I needed for the sport. And while I do, I work at the same gym I started at. I teach here. Um, you know, there's the fellow teachers that are here. We all started together. Um, we're still here. However, I can't coach myself. I can't be coached by people who are not better. Like, I need someone much better than me to coach me. And right. so I understood that I've got to go get the training I need elsewhere. And that completely made all the difference I'm, I'm assuming it's a lot different uh, as well with the angles you got because normally in boxing or even really in mma you have those gloves on they they, they take up some space so you can uh you can't do certain things with the gloves on that you can with them off yes there's uh, a so you're, i'm guessing your punching <laughs> angles have to change as well 
yes, there's a lot more openings available. There's tons of them, but that also means you're way more open to get punched as well. Yeah. The blocking would be difficult, I'd imagine, uh, compared as well because of the size of the gloves you would normally have. Well, oddly enough, I, I think blocking is easier simply because it's a smaller target coming towards my head. So a boxing glove, you know, if I'm trying to slip it, for example, if I'm flipping to the side, I've got to move six inches to the side to get out of the way. You know, you put a glove in, you know, it's probably about six inches across, if not more. I've got to move that far to get to the outside of it. A bare fist, I don't have to move near as far and the punch misses. So yes and no. Okay. Right on. What was your, uh, okay, so you said, you mentioned your first fight. How how was that experience for you, stepping in there in that first fight? Was it a nervous experience? I know you like to do harder things, and this is right. completely different, you know? Uh, but was it, was it uh, what was the feeling going in there for you? Was it just pumped up, ready to go, or was there nerves behind it as well? Um, I mean, there's always going to be nerves. Anyone that tells you they're not nervous before their fight is full of it. Um, there's always yeah. going to be nerves, but luckily it, it was in my hometown. Um, it was, it, I mean, the venue was like 10 minutes from my house. So it's a crowd that I was familiar with because um, we've got a local promotion here. Um, it's, they're getting ready to do their, I don't know, 16th, 18th show, something like that. It's a fairly big show. They, they hold it at um, some of the bigger arenas here in town. And I have fought on that promotion before and it, it draws some pretty big crowds. So I have done arena fights before with these big crowds as an amateur on the undercard. So it wasn't really that much different. I mean, obviously it was a much bigger promotion. It's, you know, different, but the concept was still the same. It was a big arena show full of people. And that was something I had done before. Um, but when I go out there, I don't see them. I don't hear them. I, I see what's in front of me. That's it. Is it difficult for you to do that to like tune out the crowd or is no. it, is it just natural? It's just natural. Like I, it's not something I had to teach myself how to do at all. Um, I don't hear it. Uh, I, I have been told um, my coach and uh, so my boyfriend's always in my corner as well. And he has told me it's like watching my coach play a video game because he says it, I do it. He says it, I do it. Um, wow. which, which is not, not all fighters are capable of doing that. Um, but I also will listen to my opponent's coach a lot. So if I hear them calling for something, I'm like, oh, okay, this, I got to be ready for this. It's coming. So I mm -hmm. hear what I need to hear. And it's not something I can I control. I listen to the ref. I hear my coach. I hear her coach. If it's nonsense, I it just it's like Charlie Brown's teacher. All just all I hear. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Um, were Were you always in into sports when you were younger, or is it just something that came with this as well? Um, so when I was younger, yes. Yeah, so when I was going through like school, I played, you know, softball, basketball, track, uh, volleyball, like I did all the stuff. But when I got out of high wow. school, um, I, I did not have the best crowd to run around with. And, you know, so there's lots of partying, drinking, you know, I gained a ton of weight. Like I was a toothpick in high school. I like weighed maybe 110 pounds. And when I first stepped foot in this gym, I was about 200 pounds. Holy cow. 
Yeah. I initially started getting into uh, weightlifting, like uh, kind of powerlifting style. I got down to about 170, but it was a big 170. I mean, I was in here lifting weights and stuff. And then the first time I competed at just kind of a local, um, just non-sanctioned for fun event, um, they call them smoker fights here. I know other states, that's not a good term. Like I think California, mm-hmm. that's an illegal thing. But here it's just oh. means it's unsanctioned, but it's, you know, there's still medical there. It's still overseen with a referee. So it's just kind of a for fun practice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I did that, I think it was at 155. And my first sanctioned amateur fight was at 135. So I have gradually kept going down. Um, my last bare knuckle fight was at 115. Okay. Uh, whenever you said you were go- you were in with a bad crowd and stuff, was there... Uh, and I don't know, you, you may want to talk about uh, this kind of thing or not. Uh, I'm not sure. I should have probably talked to you about it a little bit before. But uh, was there any like any anxiety or anything to, to make you go into that kind of thing where you were hanging out with the wrong people and feeling a, a certain way or anything? Or was it just no. having fun, drinking, and this and yeah, that? That's, yeah, I was just a dumb kid and um, doing dumb kid stuff. And I it took me a little while to grow out of that. Um, lots of uh, trials and many errors, and just kind of as I got a little bit older, I, you know, it's like, okay, this this isn't working. Um, we, you know, it's not working. Got to do something else. Right. Okay. Right on. Um, as far as your your bare knuckle boxing career goes, right now it seems like you're doing you're you're making steps forward to be better and better and better throughout every single fight and and i'd imagine in any sport that's kind of what your goal is to learn from your previous uh game fight match whatever uh to learn from it and and improve uh what's some things that you've learned the most uh as far as your bare knuckle career goes what's what's some things that you've learned through your fights and were able to improve on uh in a big way um a lot of it's just been my my form and body mechanics um that's that's been huge just um being more efficient with my energy and how i utilize my techniques and basically energy conservation to uh to my advantage and what i mean by that is um i I touched on this you know training doesn't get easier as you get older granted i'm not old by any means um but at 35 the gym sometimes is not my friend there's days where stuff just hurts so I have learned how to be the most effective with my techniques without exerting more energy than I need to, to get the outcome I'm looking for. So um, being able to really focus on proper body mechanics has helped me a lot. Um, but also when it comes to the techniques, really slowing down, slowing everything down. You know, for, for a while, I was like, okay, I've been here for several years. You know, I'm in the advanced class. I can go, go, go. But when you're speeding through stuff, you're not learning anything. And I realized that it doesn't matter how long I've been doing this. Every day I go to the gym to go to class, I'm learning something. I'm repping something. I, it doesn't matter if it's my jab. I still learn how to improve my jab every single day. Um, so a, a lot of it was that mindset of every day I need to learn. Every day I need to get better. And I need to make the sport work for me. Um, I I got I have issues with my back. I've got issues with my neck. You know, stuff hurts quite a bit some days. So learning how to 
take what I've got and make it work for me has been one of my biggest advantages. I, you know, I can't come in here and train like the 20 year old men that are in here. I can't train like them. I wouldn't be able to come back tomorrow if I did. So realizing I am not the same as my teammates. Uh, You know, I am, I've got, you know, ABC going on with me and they might have one, two, three. So what we're doing can't be the same thing. We might be working on the same techniques, but slowing down and focusing on really the tiny little detail has been the biggest help for me. We're sorry for the interruption. Your show will return after these ads. Here at JF Installations LLC, we install all types of floor coverings. We're located in Hot Springs and are certified in floor installs from homes, RVs, houseboats, pontoons, and everywhere in between. We work all across the state, which is guaranteed. So whenever you're ready to replace your flooring, whether it's in your home, in your RV, on your boat, or anywhere else, give JF Installations a call. They will help you out, and they're the best value for your dollar. Give them a call at 501-547-4609. That's 501-547-4609. Go ahead, give them a call. You won't regret it. JF Installation. Are you looking to better yourself? Are you tired of the way you look and feel and want to do something about it? Try more hot fitness and nutrition. The three products that are offered are your workout in the form of a fitness plan, your diet in the form of a nutrition plan, and a combo plan featuring both. Everything is one-on-one, online coaching from the Warhawk himself, Kirk Cassis. He makes a workout nutrition plan for you, and then he checks in throughout the week to monitor your progress. All plans are priced by the individual. So if you're interested in getting in the best shape of your life, contact Kirk Cassis. Go on Facebook to Warhawk Fitness and Nutrition to get started today. Use the promo code ATPC2 to get a discount. That's ATPC2 for a discount. Warhawk Fitness and Nutrition. Get in the best shape of your life with the Warhawk. The following is an excerpt from the book, Tell It to the Stars, by April May, available on Amazon March 21st. Most thoughtlessly traveling to and from, how I envy their freedom, free from the semblance and screeching sounds that are timelessly calling my eyes to settle in that place. I know each part in the trees, how the landscape sits behind them painting a beautiful portrait for the sun to rest behind each evening and so to rise from again in that place where we are forced to see the wreckage. Oh, Antioch Road, it is still crashing against us daily. Flags fly and twist in the wind, flowers trampled by the seasons, 
the soil whispers of that Tuesday morning, if you stop by to listen, there you will find an elder pine standing tall, a marker in time, his branches extending like rough fingertips reaching out for justice. Debris rests at the feet of the elder tree, same as pebbles decorate the grave. His scar is all but healed, much like letters mark the gravestone. Listen to the secrets in the winds over that Antioch soil, a whispering song humming under feathered headrests bore of giants, truth's only witness. Get your copy of Tell It to the Stars by April May on March 21st, available on Amazon. I saw one of the fights, one of your fights. I don't know which one it was. It was, uh, I think it was a BKFC fight, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It was a uh, uh, red hair or black pants, was, I think. Oh, like, did she have bright red hair or was she just real short? Oh my gosh. I, I the, know. I, I see the bright. I seen the right. I seen the bright red hair one, and you did a number on her. It was great. Oh yes. Uh, that, so so if it, if it was a BKFC fight, that would have been my my very first one against Teresa Thagala. That was my my debut pro fight. Oh wow! How did that go for you? Like I um, watched it, and I was yeah. like, I was just amazed about about how uh, you have to use. I feel like you have to use more technique than you would normally have to use. Uh, yeah, to you, do what you're doing because it's all targeted. You know, your accuracy has to be on point and you have to be able to throw just the right amount, I would assume, of power with each throw. But the accuracy has, has to be absolute, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, that was that was fun. That was my, my first one. And again, that compared to um, my most recent one in, I think it was just October, just a huge, huge difference in skill level, um, aggression level, just everything. Oh my gosh. It, it, it's crazy uh, for me watching it you know, and, and seeing it, like you said about the optics earlier, it's just nuts. Um, as far as your, your kickboxing stuff, have you, have you done any more of it recently or has it all just been going straight into the bare knuckle business? Um, no, it's a little bit here and there. Just I couldn't say busy, but that's definitely you know not my focus. The the boxing has definitely become my main focus overall. Okay, what was some of the what what are some of the tougher fights that you really had to work? Uh, I mean, all fights obviously you have to work hard as hell to get uh, to get and while you're in there potentially. What were some of the, the the tougher fights that you went through and you knew you had a tough fight ahead and what was the training like before that um honestly this, this last one um my last bare knuckle fight against uh, Agnos, uh agnesa kirkosian i believe i'm saying that right don't want to butcher it um she came over to bare knuckle as a pure boxer um a very good very high level boxer and she she's very fast she's very aggressive for her size she does have a lot of power um so she probably has been one of the highest level people um, that I had to compete against. And not only that, we were fighting for title contention. Um, and that that fight actually puts, it left a pretty sour taste for me simply because, you know, I, I have lost fights. I have lost close fights. 
um, you know, it's fine. I, no one wants to lose, but I don't get upset about it. You know, I know at the end of the day, I should have done more or I could have done this. So if I lose, it is my fault. However, with this fight, um, I beat the snot out of this woman, um, to, to put it as politely as I can. Um, I hurt her. Um, I did extensive amounts of damage to her. Um, they were concerned about her getting on a plane because they were worried I broke her orbital. Um, I did a lot of damage to this woman and I had none. My face was clean after this fight. Um, it, it's, I'm, I'm still like, it's still something that I struggle with because that was one of the biggest fights of my career. That was the direct path to me being able to fight for a title. And people hear me say that and they're like, yeah, but your record's not great. Um, but if you go back and look at my bare knuckle fights, every single one has been an absolute battle. Every single one has gone to a decision. Um, one was a split decision. Um, I don't put on a boring fight when it comes to bare knuckle. There's not been too many that were just a clear win, clear loss. You know, there, there's a couple where, um, again, I went up and wait. I was fighting people that I shouldn't have been fighting simply because physically it was not a good match. Um, mm -hmm. But any bare knuckle fight that I've had in my proper weight class has just been an absolute war. And so losing that fight to a decision um, when it, that's the only one I look at and go, they got it wrong. Any other loss, hey, I should have done more. Like, it was my fault. I didn't do enough. Um, that, that one actually kind of, it, it got me for a bit. I, I haven't been back at my boxing gym since that fight. I mean, I've still been training. I'm training every day. I'm at the gym every day. Um, but I have not been back on my, um, my program that I was on just because I was like, okay, I need, I need to breathe. I need a break. Um, Cause it's intense. Oh, we put a lot into that fight camp. We trained so hard for that fight. And you know, I, that was the best performance I've ever had. I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And then to come out and hear the judges declare her the winner when, you know, her face is completely ripped open in multiple spots. I did so much damage to her and they they declared her the winner so that was i mean it was heartbreaking i like unfortunately they made the mistake of handing me a microphone after that fight in the ring still and mm -hmm. it like i i raged i was so mad and i don't get yeah, mad yeah. like I'm, I'm here to have fun like fighting is fun that's why i do it and the moment it stops being fun and feels like a job then i don't want to do it anymore but for now it's still fun um but that kind of I mean, I put a lot into that and that was by far my best performance. And so, but now looking at it, okay, they gave me the best in the division. Like she was it. She is the best fighter in the division. And if that's what I did to her, give me anybody else. Let's do it. Right. How do you get over the adversity and the, in the, in the, uh, in the stress, like you were talking about the anger and stuff. How do you move past that uh, to um, go to your next one? If you're all just about, pushing yourself into training or like you said, you got to take a yeah, little breather. Uh, at, that, at that point it's discipline because you know, that, that took all my motivation. Uh, motivation was gone. I, you know, for, for a while I was thinking, well, if I can go out and perform like that and still don't get the decision, why am I even doing this? Like what, what's the point? And yeah. so you know, I kind of, I, I have to fight with myself uh, and still, I kind of fight with myself a little bit. Like, no, I need to go to the gym. So it, it comes down to discipline on a lot of days um, because the motivation 
isn't always there. It's not always going to be there. Um, but just knowing that there's still room for improvement, there's still things to work on. Obviously, that wasn't the best performance. If they didn't see it that way, so let's get better. Um, and that's really kind of, that's all, all I got pushing me is, okay, I can do better. Okay. Um, I'm looking through my notes, uh, and I found that that fight I was going to talk uh, that I was talking about earlier. It wasn't the uh, it wasn't a BKFC. It was a BYB, no uh, BYB ele- BYB eleven. Uh, Kalia Pink Tyson. So, so that, that was an awful fight. Um, again, that was that was the one I was referring to the the size difference. Um, I went okay. up in, I went up in that weight for that fight at 135, and um, she came down in which she had to cut quite a bit of weight for that fight. I think normally she walks around at like 155, 160. And I walk around at about 132 pounds. So there was a big size difference. Um, I, so I'm not with that coach uh, who was with me at that time anymore. Um, after that fight, um, I, I decided I needed to do something else. Uh, he was not happy with, the way I processed and handled that fight simply because I immediately recognized the size difference. Uh, I recognized how much stronger she was uh, with a, she actually knocked one of my teeth out in that fight. Um, It was like in the second round, maybe she knocked one of my teeth out and I decided I was like, okay, if she catches me clean, she is going to hurt me. I, I can feel it. I can feel how powerful she is. And so I, I played a very safe fight. It was boring. There was a lot of clinching. Um, I made it go the distance. Uh, I was supposed to be her big highlight reel knockout, and she didn't get it. And so she, she was actually pissed at the end of the fight. Even though she won, she was pissed off um, because I was able to just, you know, I was like, okay, so we're going to stay safe. And I, I don't want to have to have fights like that, which is why after that we're like, okay, we're, we're not – fighting in this way like i've got to stay in my own weight class i can't do this because that i mean that affected my performance but also i'm just i'm kind of happy with myself having the understanding in the moment to go okay she will hurt me if she catches me clean so i'm not going to let her catch me clean yeah after your last fight you said something about a championship match are you are you in contention for a championship match right now I was that that was the this last fight um, that I just had in October um, because the 115 division is new. So okay, um, I will be again. So I still have the opportunity if I can make it through my next couple bouts with some wins. I will have the opportunity again for that. Um, but yeah, that's that was. I think that was the most kind of upsetting part about that fight is it wasn't just a fight it was if i won that fight i would get to fight for a title and i kind of felt like that was you know i didn't lose i felt like it was taken from me just you you put in that type of performance you do that kind of damage to your opponent you are clearly so much more dominant in the fight and then someone says no, nah, you didn't do enough. Um, so that that was kind of very was, deflating. It sounds it, like it was. deflating is a is a good word for it. It's very deflating. Um, it, 
I took a couple weeks where I didn't go to the gym at all. And I was just like, what, you know, what the heck, what, you know, what am I even doing? But I'm back at it. I'm training every day. Um, I'm trying to do other things right now. Cause I don't have another bare knuckle fight until June. Um, it's not set yet, but they said plan for the June card. Um, I'll be, there's two women fighting this weekend for BYB and I believe my opponent will be one of them. I'm not sure which, but most likely it will be one of these two women fighting this weekend in June. So for the time being, I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay fit and active, um, but I'm going to do other stuff. I just want to do other things because um, the monotony can get kind of, um, that can be deflating, doing the same thing every day. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot. So right now I'm prepping for a, uh, Submission only jujitsu match. Uh, I don't Ooh. do a ton of jujitsu. Uh, it's not my favorite thing in the world, but mostly just because it hurts. Uh, so I'm hoping after I get back into a routine of it, my body gets used to it. Um, but it should be fun. It's, it's a five minute submission only round. Um, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, that sounds exciting, honestly. Uh, you know, it, it sounds energetic. You want to do stuff that's hard. That is freaking hard, you know. Uh, getting in there with people who know who know exactly how to twist and pop and how to uh, rotate position uh, and, and change different positions and stuff like that. And you're going against them. And you got to make sure you can outmaneuver them to get them into some sort of submission to make right. them tap out. Yeah, oh, my I'm God. Done. I couldn't imagine I've done jujitsu for about eight years, um, but it's just been very casual, recreational. Like I, I don't, I've done a couple tournaments here and there, but I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't take them seriously. You know, I'm, I'm competing. You ha there's a level of seriousness to it. Cause if not, you're going to get hurt. But right. at the end of the day, I didn't really, I didn't care about the outcome. I was there because I wanted to have fun and challenge myself. So actually framing it differently and prepping for this match uh, like I would a fight is it's new. It's different. And, you know, it's giving me something else to kind of challenge myself with. And uh, my, my opponent is actually one of my friends. Um, I've known her since she was a kid. She, she's an 18 year old girl out of a, another gym here in town. And I used to go with my former coach uh, who uh, uh, the one where I work now. I took his, he asked a couple of us to take over for him when he moved. Um, I used to go with him and, and help him with some stuff. And we did a seminar or two at the gym she trained at when she was like a little kid. And so she's known me for a while. And when the promoter was like, um, we're looking for someone this weight class against this opponent, I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So she's going to be 18 and her joints are all stretchy and elastic -y and <laughs> Yet. <laughs> it'll be fun so she she's done a lot of striking for for many years at, at 18 i honestly think she has more experience than i do um Holy she's cow. been doing, yeah she's been doing this a long time but she's new to competition jujitsu so it, so she's kind of going into this you know it's kind of a new experience for her it's not something i've done before so it's kind of nice to be doing doing it with a friend you know like yes when we go in there we're competing like we're in there to win but at the same time it, it's nice to be trying it new with people you know it sounds like it, it sounds like exciting uh and fun uh i know that i saw you for the first time uh, on a poster for 
Real Deal Championship, I believe it was nine uh, here in Hot Springs. It was yes, going to be in Little Rock. Though. Just, just, my opponent but, broke her foot, is what they told me. Oh, man. Uh, Adriana. Yeah, so we actually have, yes. So we have still been in. Um, I've been talking uh, with uh, the promoter about that. We, we still would like to rematch that. Um, we both think that would be a good matchup. Um, she's a newer pro to MMA. Uh, you know, I don't do a ton of MMA. So even though I've got quite a bit more competition experience, um, it's a fairly level playing field when it comes to that sport. So we, we were both excited to, to give it a try and do it. So we are still hopefully going to get that rescheduled um, at some point. Um, with, with me being signed to BYB, uh, my schedule is kind of up to them. I have to, I can do whatever I want if I've got gloves on, but I've got to get, I don't want to say permission, but I just have to make sure there's no um, conflicting schedules. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um that that's that's really cool, you know. Hopefully, we get to see that because I, I have her coming on later on in the season. I already have her scheduled for a later point this season. Uh, I, whenever I messaged you, I messaged her. I messaged Chauncey Foxworth and just a whole whole bunch of people. Uh, because I mean, I'm a guy. I'm I'm 34 right now. I turned 34 on the 26th. So uh, I uh, I'm very excited about learning new things and bare knuckle boxing. Is something I have no idea about so this conversation itself it's has been really awesome right yeah huh? that sport's not legal where you're at yet i i guess not no uh, i know um, i think oklahoma is the next state that's getting opened up kind of in our general region oh wow holy cow what is the it's, it's just the optics you said correct that that's why the it's not legal all over Right. And it's up to the athletic commissions whether or not they will sanction an event. And slowly, a lot of states are opening up. Um, California just sanctioned it. Uh, they're going to have their first event in April. Uh, so if California is allowing it, um, I'm sure most states will follow suit. Uh, having dealt with California before, they have one of the strictest, most intense athletic commissions I have ever dealt with. So I imagine if they are letting it in, most places are going to start letting it in. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, it, like you say, it seems like, uh, well, technically, well, not technically. What's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? Holy cow. My ADHD is kicking in and I cannot <laughs> remember. Uh, the uh, Not the optics, but the actual uh, statistics. That's the word statistically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Statistically, it's safer than combat, yeah. other combat sports. So yeah, I mean... Absolutely. It would be awesome to see it here, you know. And if you if you're able to make it down here uh, for a fight or something, maybe I can come and watch it. I would love to see you fight in person because you're a like, like I said, like I said at the beginning, you're a badass. I've watched I've watched <laughs> you go in there and you keep that jab moving. Another question is: Is there many southpaws in uh, in bare knuckle boxing? Because I've heard a couple of times on commentary, they're like. She's a southpaw. It must be very, it's difficult, more difficult to prepare for a southpaw fighter. Uh, so is there not, not many or something? There, No, I mean, it's just, there's not many left-handed people. Um, it's oh, just, okay. statistically, that's just not a, uh, so we actually are an anomaly. Like the gym I work at, mm -hmm. um, my, so my morning class, morning classes are always small, you know, because most people are at work. Um, in my morning class, some days there are four of us in the room, um, like left-handers in the room. So it, it's actually very interesting because I will go 
for ages and not see another left-handed person. Um, I'm almost always the only one in the room, which uh, a former coach pointed this out to me. It's harder for Southpaws to go against Southpaws because usually they're the only one in the room. Uh, if you got one at a gym, everyone else at least has a little bit of experience with it. You know, the, all my training partners have some experience going with me as a left-handed person. I don't have that because I am the left-handed person. So he, he made that, uh, um, he pointed that out to me before. He's like, well, it's, it's going to be harder for you to go with a Southpaw. And I was like, oh, I, it didn't even occur to me that that, I mean, statistically that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never even thought of it. it. It didn't make sense. Or at, you're the one that literally just now connected those dots for me because I was, I've always wondered that. I'm like, why do people say it's so difficult uh, to prepare for a southpaw or whatever? And it's because there's not a lot of left-handed people. You right. know? I'm like, you just blew my mind with that. And I don't know how it, it's not, you know, out well, there in I, front of you. I forget that So a lot of the terminology used isn't mm -hmm. everyday vernacular so people don't necessarily like people hear southpaw and they think okay it's a boxing style it's a boxing style. no it means i'm left-handed that i stand <laughs> i stand the way i do because i'm a le i'm left-handed <laughs> that's uh, yeah that's why so you know at any given time there's maybe one in the room so people just don't have the experience with it and it it feels very uncomfortable um, to try and switch your stance. And if you've spent all the time training, like, you know, the person across from you, they're always in the same stance. So you know how to throw this punch, how to throw this punch, how to get it there based on how everyone is standing. And then suddenly their whole body does a, a 180 shift in direction. Your punches don't land like they normally do. So when people go with me, if they're not used to a southpaw stance, it can be very difficult for them, but for me, that's every day. I'm all my partners for the most part are, you know, a traditional stance. So that's regular for me. Yeah. Oh, Rocky Balboa in the bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> <laughs> You're the old rope dope. I've seen that a couple of times. Oh, Just go in there taking them punches and then dishing it out right afterwards. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Uh, we usually end uh, the show. I usually like to end the show with gratefulness and being, because uh, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for several different things. I mean, actually, tons of things. But usually we end it with three things we're thankful for. For me, it usually doesn't change all that much. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for my support system, my family, my friends, my fiance, my two beautiful uh, kids. And anybody that's really supported me along the journey that I'm having right now, or whether it's pro wrestling journey or whatever it is, you know, my support system, I'm very grateful for. I'm grateful for the awesome, amazing, badass, now badass guests that I've had on the show, including yourself, because y'all guys don't have to stop on this show with some random dude that just wants to talk to you for an hour, <laughs> you know? So I'm very grateful for everybody that stops on the show because like I said, no one has to. And I feel very blessed about that because I'm talking to all these celebrities. You're a celebrity to me, by the way, if you didn't know that. Uh, um, but <laughs> but 
Yeah, I, I'm very grateful for that. And then the third thing is, you know, having I'm grateful that I am able to have the confidence to be able to do a podcast where a lot of people are afraid to even speak up or say anything, let alone talk to people that they've never met or interacted with for an hour or more or less, you know. Right. I'm very grateful that I'm, I'm, I have the ability to be able to do things like this. And it, it means the world that you or anybody else would come on the show. So at this point in time, this very moment, what are three things that you are grateful for, Jessica? Um, while it does give me some pushback, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that um, I, have, I have the body that I have that allows me to do the things I want to do. Um, you know, while I have had you know, a lot of issues with, you know, injuries and whatnot. Um, I still have a very capable functioning body that lets me do this. Um, so I, I'm very grateful that um, I'm in that situation because, uh, you know, it, it takes a split second for that to not be the case anymore. Um, it, it's, it doesn't take much to completely change the trajectory of how your body functions. Um, you know, a, a permanent issue, disability it is around the corner at any given time you just it might not be you but it, it could happen so I, I'm very grateful for being mostly healthy and functioning um, because that's um, like you said kind of the the ADHD stuff um, the gym helps with that a lot um, it, it calms my mind it keeps me focused it gets rid of anxiety and and so without being able to do that um i would be a whole mess in the head so very grateful for my ability um to be able-bodied um let's see three things um i'm not good at this <laughs> um, it's fine take your time take your time I, I, have really to, I have to agree with um the support system i i have family who, while they are not, they don't necessarily understand the appeal, they completely support what I do. Um, I've got parents who are always there to support what I'm doing. And um, my my other half, he, I mean, he does it as well. He's a fighter. He gets it. And I'm very, very thankful for him in that I don't have to explain why I need to spend more time in the gym. Why, you know, I don't have to go through the ins and outs of, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't text you when I left the gym because I left the gym an hour later than I was supposed to, you know, just uh, right. I'm very thankful to have that understanding. Um, and we both have that. I, he knows if I'm cutting weight um, or if, if he's cutting weight, um, we, I'm really thankful for that relationship because it, it's a relationship of very much understanding and then my, my parents are awesome. Uh, my dad has told me he doesn't understand the appeal. He doesn't really get why I want to do it, but he supports <laughs> me. Uh, I've, I've got him to come into the gym before. I was like, hey, come check out like a jujitsu class. I've tried to get him to start doing jujitsu. I'm like, come oh check goodness. it out. And, and he's like, and, and he said, you know, that just doesn't look right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> But so he supports it without understanding it. And so that's, you know, can't ask for more than that. Um, and then my mom is always in the stand screaming when I fight at home. So that's awesome. Um, right I think outside of that, um, I'm actually, I, I'm not saying this for brownie points. I'm very thankful for my employer. Um, 
not not the company as a whole by any means, but my boss, his name is Nick. He was the, I mean, he still is the jujitsu coach at our gym, but when I started, he was the jujitsu coach. He now um, oversees the program and he gave me a chance to step up and begin teaching and instructing here. I now do our kids program. Um, I love teaching and coaching with a passion I cannot explain. I love it so much. Um, I am very detail focused, detail oriented, and I can look at something and tell you right away what's off, what's wrong, how to fix it, how to change it. Um, I can explain the same thing to eight different people in eight different ways, just because their learning styles are different. Like I love being able to do that. Um, and so I'm very thankful he gave me the opportunity to, to come in and show him that, Hey, yes, I can do this job. So I, I'm very thankful for that. Um, well, some, I didn't think that. Do what? I can't hear you. You go. Oh, I, I got you now. Yes. Right on. Yeah, I had an alarm go off. I have an alarm go off at around eight thirty. Here's a sneak peek for the uh, listening audience. Uh, I had a. I have an alarm on my phone about eight thirty usually. It goes off and it's for me to put. Uh, it's time for me, you know, to put my phone down whenever I'm out at the house because I don't want to be on my <laughs> phone too long. I want to unplug and stuff, you know. There you go. So. Uh, it, the alarm went off, which is what interrupted the thing. Oh, okay. But I was gonna ask. I, I was gonna. Uh, what I was saying was, you know, what was what is. Uh, so you you coach, uh, yeah. or you teach, and uh -huh. uh, you fight. What is the the duality of that? Is it is it more rewarding for one or the other, or is it the same? It's pretty hard. much. It's hard because, um, and that's also why I don't train at the same gym I teach at. I can't, there, there's no way. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love coaching so much. I've got, I've got about four, four kids that actively compete. Uh, hopefully I'll have more soon. Um, those four have been with me for almost three years. Um, and it's been oh, really cool watching them change from these like gangly, weird little kids. And you know, they're, they're, you know, 13, 14 years old now. And just their skill levels are, just increasing these kids are going to be better than I ever will be. It's, it's just fantastic to see. I love it. Um, but it's hard. Like if we've got local fighting events, um, which we have one coming up in March, I might, might be looking at getting on that card to fight. Um, it's just a small regional promotion. It kind of like that, that RDC card down there. It's just a regional promotion. You know, it's great for the local fighters. Um, might be getting on there to stay busy, but I've got four adults and potentially at least one kid also on that card. You know, I can't coach if I'm fighting on that card. There's just no way. So that's when, right. you know, we kind of get that, that teamwork going on. We, we've got the other coach will, will step in and make sure everyone's taken care of, but it, it's hard because, you know, I'm worrying about, um, actually coming up February 24th, I've got two kids competing. And so, you know, I'm pouring myself into making sure they're ready. You know, I'm staying after class with them. I'm coming in early with them. And, you know, I like I will put all of my time into these kids to help them get better. And sometimes that has come at the expense of me being half an hour late to my training session. Um, so it's a balancing act. So I've got to look, OK, do I have something coming up right now? Do I need to be fight prepping? 
uh, what can I put first? Um, because when I don't have anything for myself, I, so even though I, I do the adults as well, most of my adults are beginners. I don't really have any of them competing right now. Um, we've got some in our evening classes. We've got a handful of them, but for the most part, I pour myself into these kids. I just, I love working with them, which is so weird because I have said my whole life, I freaking hate kids, but <laughs> I, I offered this job to, to coach the kids about three years ago and I started it and I loved it. And then my kickboxing coach at the time was, was moving out of state. I was asked to take over and these kids came with me um, out of the whole program that was at that other gym. These four kids followed me over here and they've still been with me. That's awesome. I mean, it would be super rewarding to be able to teach and see them grow over that time period. Oh, uh, I'd imagine it would be super. You'd be like, oh, mama bird over here, like looking at, look at her little ducklings going yeah. out there. Oh, I get so, so nervous when they compete. Like I'm way more nervous for them competing than I am for me. Like me, I'm cool. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Right. Them, I am like a sweaty, hot mess. <laughs> I'd imagine. I'd imagine. It's, it's hard well, because because at least when I'm competing, I'm the one in control of what's going on. When it's them, I just have to trust that they're going to listen to me. Yeah. Man. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for Absolutely. talking to me for this time period. It, it was awesome having you on. I mean, I would never guessed anything about you giving me statistics that I had no clue about as far as <laughs> bare knuckle boxing. Hey, I am here with the facts. You are here, the fat queen, <laughs> Jessica Lake. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, maybe we can get you on at a later point and talk about where you've gone, where your kids have gone, as far as your training, who you're training and stuff. If you're <laughs> available at a later point and stuff, get you back on and talk about what's going on. For sure. Let's do it. Right on, right on. Well, you have a wonderful night, Jessica. Thank you for being here again. Thank you. You too. Pretty cool. Am I right? Pretty cool. You got to learn all kinds of stuff. See, I didn't know bare knuckle boxing was only uh, in certain states, like only deemed legal in certain states by athletic commissions. I had no clue. And I also didn't know that uh, bare knuckle boxing is safer than most combat sports because there's no gloves and the gloves disperse uh, the impact wider than it normally would. The impact is harder because you're hitting harder with gloves on and you're hitting less hard so you don't break your hands without gloves. It is awesome to learn new information and I learned a bunch today from Jessica. Jessica wants to get you back on the show at some point in the future and hopefully you get that championship you're going after at BYB. Moving forward tomorrow we have a great episode with comedian, filmmaker, and actor, Justin Russell. Tune in for that. It is going to be a lot of fun, and you won't want to miss that episode. But for this episode, it is all over, guys. So never forget to always listen for when Adam talks. You guys have a great rest of your day.